Coming up on the podcast, we're joined by Blacktown City Executive Chairman Bob Turner. It's a big interview, a lot of interesting stuff in this one, and that's coming up right after this. Welcome back to another episode of the Front Page Football Podcast. And tonight I'm joined by Antonis Pagonis. We are interviewing uh, the Blacktown City Executive Chairman, uh, Bob Turner, who joins us uh, on the podcast tonight. And we're going to get a little bit more of, uh, of an insight into uh, the club's recent statement around around their uh, failure to progress to the next phase of the, of the NST process. Um, first of all, uh, Bob, how are you going? Uh, and welcome to the podcast. Thank you very much, guys. It's uh, my pleasure to be here and always good to talk sport, talk football. And, uh, you know, kind of Blacktown City has been a big part of my life for the last couple of years now. And, you know, we intend to do bigger and better things as we build ourselves into um, the pride of what is New South Wales' largest uh, city. And, uh, Antonis, how are you going? Yeah, I'm good. Good to be back on here for I think it's something we've got the A-League finals on now but I think this is very a very important discussion for the future of our game moving forward absolutely so um as I mentioned just then um recently of course Football Australia announced the the 26 clubs who moved into the next phase of the national second tier process uh also known as the request uh for proposal phase um Blacktown City, despite being in the initial 32 in the expression of interest phase, did not progress to the next phase. And that's why we've got Bob on the podcast. So, um, Bob, in, in that statement, uh, which the club released, um, you kind of explained how you received no explanation from Football Australia around why you didn't move into the next phase. Can you, I guess, just, just from the top, elaborate on, on kind of what you meant by that and, um, you know, was there kind of no communication at all from Football Australia? And um, what what's kind of been been the process from from your point of view? Well, our head of football, Mark Crittenden, received a um, a phone call before they released the announcement and just basically said, uh, "You you're not into the next phase," and um, uh, that's it. And uh, our our coach asked, "Well, why?" And well, well, we can't really tell you that information and. Uh, uh, so that's where it sat. So uh, that didn't sit well with me because being Blacktown City, being you know a club that has been around seventy years, that is the defending champions, is representing a large city, is is uh, you know successful off the off the on the field as well as uh, what we've achieved in the last couple of years since I've been involved in. Getting uh, you know really great partnerships with people like Walker Corporation and Land and Property Group and Momento Hospitality and so forth. So I thought, well, that was all part of your our proposal. Um, since then, you know, I've sent notes to various people asking for further explanation, and we have a, a meeting set down for next week to uh, to just ascertain what those reasonings were. Uh, it's- yeah, I mean, it's it's hard to to kind of 
definitely from my perspective to kind of get my head around around that uh just kind of a simple phone call and yeah look you're not kind of progressing and that that's really it uh and particularly i guess the part you mentioned there around them saying you know potentially that um you know we can't we can't kind of give you that feedback i mean that that kind of seems bizarre right because you you put your name forward you put your name in the ring you expect at least if you're not going to be successful to to get some feedback right because then you can use that to to you know uh, inform yourselves back in the NPL environment or w- with whatever you want to do kind of long-term with, with the club? Well, to, to the to the credit of Football Australia, they've, you know, listened to us and we, we have a meeting next week Yeah, try and determine that. But, um, you know, this was an expression of interest. Um, and we said, yes, we were interested. We paid our money like everybody else and uh, and fully expected to get to the next step because – you know, this was all this was basically was to say, yeah, if there's a league, uh, we'd like to be considered to, to be in that. And uh, in our minds, it wasn't a full blown proposal to, to join a league because we had asked a dozen questions pertinent to how you would run a team in a competition like this. Um, and the majority of those questions, uh, you know, really didn't have a whole lot of answers. So, you know, having been someone who's been involved in professional sport for 40 years, uh, owned teams, built teams, you know, had a team in Singapore and the Australian NBL, the Singapore Slingers actually helped build a league for us to play in, in Southeast Asia. So, you know, fairly knowledgeable about what it takes to be in a professional competition, what the costs are. And that was my biggest consideration because you know, I'm not a footballer. I'm uh, I'm chairman of a football club, but I'm a sports marketer. And through my years and years of being involved in the NBL, I've seen dozens and dozens of teams go broke. And that is the last thing I wanted for Blacktown City, a very proud, you know, established club of 70 years. Uh, you know, as I've always said, when when the Socceroos were in Qatar last year and in the second half against Denmark in that very, you know, uh, fantastic game for Australian, Australian football, uh, five of those players on the pitch were Blacktown City Juniors. Now, that's unheard of anywhere in the world. So that's, to me, full credit of what we represent as a development team. And when I first got involved, I sent a note to uh, – a very senior football guy, and he said, he replied, I didn't really know who this person was other than someone mentioned I should make contact. And he wrote back and said, South Melbourne and Blacktown City are the two best teams in the best clubs in the country for developing players, and you should be very proud. Now, that to me says, yeah, Uh, we're not ethnic. We're, you know, we represent 188 nationalities, not you know, one, two, or five, or ten. You know, Blacktown is a multicultural, vibrant city, and um, that's why I got involved. Is because I've been involved with Blacktown as a council for the last ten, twelve years. I've just come from a Blacktown Chamber of Commerce meeting where I'm, I'm a vice president. So I believe in the city. I believe in Blacktown, and Blacktown needs. A sports team like Parramatta has the Eels or Pen- Penrith has the Panthers or, you know, and the Wanderers are, are great out this way in, in representing Western Sydney. 
But in my case, you know, I wanted us to be, or I want us to be Blacktown's, uh, you know, eels. Um, and that's where we're headed. So this league was important, an important step for us. But at the same time, take my emotional football hat on, off and put on my, you know, business hat on. And I say, we have to go from one million you know, one and a half million dollar budget to four million. Um, and I've seen too many teams go broke in this country quickly. Uh, so I wanted answers to the questions that we wanted. We put our submission in, not knowing it wasn't a full blown proposal, but it wasn't, it was an expression of interest. Um, so, you know, the way this has panned out, it, it doesn't sit well because, you know, how can you not go past who we are? So in terms of you mentioned um the the meeting that you've got planned uh coming up with with FA um so I guess can you explain kind of what what you hope to get out of that meeting is it that feedback that you thought you were going to get essentially when when you were told no about the expression of interest Yeah yeah and so yes I mean we just hope that we can find out what what what, what is it what what is the answer what is the reason um and if we if it's not good enough, it's not good enough. Um, you know, but, uh, you know, in my view, everything we've done in the last two years to build the club, you know, we're the defending champions, we're building our crowds, we're Walker Corporation, you know, a major, major company in Australia is our principal partner. Um, you know, we've got four, four major partnerships that are all five year, three to five year, uh, partners uh, at substantial money. So, but see, e- even though we have all that, in order to play in the B League, with my understanding of what it takes to play in a league like this, um, we need to generate significant dollars to be able to do that. In order to do that, you have to have answers to questions like how many teams in the comp, or what, you know, is there a license fee? Are the players going to be full time? How many players do you have to pay? Is the administrators full time? And these are all questions that are very simple to, uh, uh, I think, answer if you're going to have a professional sports league. So when we didn't get those answers, uh, we still put our submission in saying, okay, well, this is, to the best of our knowledge, this is what it is. And Bob, just with that, you've obviously had to knock on the door quite forcefully to get this meeting. This is going to happen to a few more clubs over the next couple of stages. Are you worried about the transparency of this whole situation since you're only getting a meeting because you've gone out your way to show how displeased you are? Are you a bit concerned about how they're going about this process? Like you said, they, we don't have the full picture yet. Is, the, is that a concern for you? Uh, it's only a concern for, for every club to know what you're dealing with. Um, you know, and... For instance, here's a good example. I brought the Sydney Kings back uh, 12 years ago. They had died financially in 2008. Um, and I came back from Singapore after putting the Slingers together and and the ASEAN Basketball League. And I thought, well, there has to be a team in Sydney for this league to be successful. So I went out, found some people to invest. Uh, we had 15 shareholders. Um, and we put the team back on the pitch. Uh, back in the court. Um, but the reality is, 
it is very difficult. My seven years coaching the Kings, we made a million dollars a year profit, which is unheard of in today's sports world. But we filled the entertainment center every game. We had 80 corporate boxes. We had uh, Coca-Cola as our title sponsor. So, you know, I knew what the system was. When I brought it back in 2010, you know, the, the atmosphere or the uh, the landscape was a little bit different because there's many more professional teams. And it was very, very difficult to, to make a buck. Um, now, every other team in the competition was suffering the same thing. So you have a National Basketball League that's working hard to, to make the league successful. So to me, it wasn't so much that I'm worried. I'm worried about every team that is running on an owner or a licensed club that pays the bill. Because in my King situation with 15 shareholders, you know, after for, after one year, I kind of said, okay, I've got it back. I'm going to go on and do other things. Within four years, there was one guy left of those 15, and it got too costly for him, so he gave it up. Mm-hmm. Um and that's what happens in sport. I mean, in professional sport, we can't follow European standards because we don't have billion-dollar TV deals. Um, so you're really relying on corporates and your gate and anywhere else you can you can do it. So I didn't want to base our submission on an owner or a licensed club that said, we'll pay the bills. And with that, as you said, there's other clubs – on that list, is are there any clubs there on that list where you see them? And you're like, wait a second, Blacktown is a real grassroots project. It's a project I can see being sustainable. How are we not in this next stage when Club X is? Is that, I guess, another point of frustration and confusion? A little bit, a little bit, um, but not. I don't begrudge anybody. I mean, if anybody has the balls to put a submission in and say we want to be a part of the league, then more power to them. I mean, you know, good on you, and you you prove your case. In our case, I think we have proved who we are and what we've done, especially in the last two years, to add on to the historical value of who Blacktown City is. So if if we haven't, you know, given every piece of information that was required, part of it is because we didn't have all the information to answer and two if that's the case then at least being who we are we would have expected uh, a, you know, a, a chat meeting or some kind of correspondence to say you need to do this this and this or you need to you needed to have done this this or this well if that's the case all right so be it but um you know i i don't begrudge anybody else i just think for us that's why we reached out and said no not good enough uh, please explain and with this, you made this distinction earlier that you are Blacktown, the Wanderers are Parramatta, and you want to be kind of that image for that area. You are in the Wanderers, I guess, catchment with that being Western Sydney. And the Wanderers were a creation of Football Australia, who's now running that process. Is there a thought that maybe they are trying to protect that brand they created, or maybe that they don't understand what you are trying to do with Blacktown and Blacktown being how Western Sydney is separate from East Sydney, how Blacktown is separate from Parramatta, I guess. Is that a thought? Very good question. I mean, uh, <laughs> I don't know. I don't know the answer to that. Um, 
you know, I'd hope not because uh, it's a little bit like I grew up in the Americans. I've been here 47 years, but I grew up in the American system where you have high school, college, professional sports, and it all feeds each other. Um, the West Sydney Wanderers are based in Blocktown, but they play in Parramatta. And they're a Western Sydney team. We are Blacktown City, proudly representing the biggest LGA in all of New South Wales. Um, that is our first and foremost goal. And, and when last year we won the national, we won the state championship and we had the five Sakaroos on the squad and guitar, the, the publicity that we generated for Blacktown City and for the city of Blacktown was substantial. Um, and rightly so, because it's unheard of that a, a club can have a part of, you know, 20% of a national team's involvement. Now, you know, the, the, the Matty Ryans of this world really came through our whole system, but some of the others, you know, played for us at one stage as a junior, but, you know, we didn't develop their career or anything, but that's a great story. So for us, we are representing one city, Blacktown. We're, we're neutral. Uh, we're not a club as seen as a club like Sydney United, Sydney Olympic, uh, et cetera, et cetera. Um, we're our own entity, and uh, we represent multiple nationalities, 188 of them. So, you know, that's that's to me, if that's the case, I would be very disappointed because there's no reason for that. Uh, everybody can live. In uh, you know we play in Blacktown. We play at our own stadium, Landon Stadium in uh, in Seven Hills. That's our stadium. That's where we play. And this is with your basketball background, a bit of a layup, but it's a question that has to be <laughs> asked anyways. Um, here in South Australia, we've got a club, the Metro Star Squad, taking the right steps like you guys, and they've said in a couple of years when we're hoping the process starts again, that's what we want to put our names in. Blacktown, considering going for it again when the time comes? If we miss out, uh, we miss out. You know, I mean, that's a, a very, very, very disappointing because it, it totally affects our whole, you know, future right now. Uh, because this league was thought of, it's happened very quickly. To me, it, it still doesn't have all the answers or the nuts and bolts. And if you're going to have a league, you better have the answers because otherwise your teams are going to go broke. So, if that's the case, then it might be a a blessing that we sit back for a year or two and, you know, keep doing what we're doing and watch what happens. And as teams fold, which they will, because that's part of sport, period, not, not part of football, that's part of sport. And unless you have billion-dollar TV deals or multi-million-dollar TV deals, you know, teams are going broke. And uh, this country, I said it before the start of this whole process, this country has trouble with everybody wanting to have a national league and players and coaches and administrators all wanting to get paid, but no way to pay them <laughs> unless you have an owner. Uh, and, and that only lasts, ego only goes so far in sport. And, uh, you know, you can win a championship. And everybody's all pumped, but you look at the bottom line, you lost $2 million. Yeah, you know. Um, now, I had seven years coaching the Kings. We made a million dollars a year profit. Uh, we went from a loss in my, before my first year, and my first year we made a profit. For seven years in a row, we made a million dollars profit on average. Um, 
We didn't win the championship, but we were very successful, and everybody knew the Sydney Kings, and we put basketball on the map in, in this city. The reality is, you know, a few years later, they won three championships in a row and lost millions of dollars because they went out and bought players and ego and wanting to win and excitement, excitement. Crowds were down, um, didn't make any money, and lost. Now, you ask yourself as a business person, would you rather have seven years of million-dollar profits or three years of championship and million-dollar losses? Well, you know, ego, as I said, only goes so far. So the team in Adelaide is smart. Just sit back. We'll just wait and see. And um, if the league takes off, we'll wait until someone falters, and maybe we'll step in. Maybe we'll grow. Uh, you know, in my view, I would want football New South Wales to step in and really accelerate the competition that we play in currently because, in my view, the reason I got involved when I asked – I didn't know who Blacktown City was. When I asked, who do we play? Oh, well, we play Sydney Olympics, Sydney uh, United, Marconi, Appia Leichhardt, Wollongong Wolves. I'm going, hold on, I knew all those teams when I was coaching the Kings. What happened? Oh, A-League came along and knocked a lot of those teams down. I said, well, are we good? Yeah, if we played these A-League teams, we'd be very competitive. Okay, that's good enough. Um, are we any, is Blacktown City any good? Yeah, we won championships, nine of the last 12 club championships. Okay, lots. Well, you put all those things together and you go, yeah, we have lots and lots of positives here. But in the end, uh, it, financially, it is very, very hard to make it work. And this is an example I was going to, Christian probably roll his eyes. <laughs> I always go back to, Australian football is at the bottom of the food chain when it comes to <laughs> world football. And when you're down there, you need to act accordingly. You're not going to make money by bringing in these top players and winning championships. It's a very short-lasting joy. You have to be sustainable and produce your players and sell them on. And I guess that's how you make your money. And clubs like in here in Adelaide and the Central Coast do that. But many clubs like the Sydney FCs, the Melbourne Victories, don't act that way. Do you feel like this competition will kind of reinvigorate that and show some of these clubs how it's done? Just because, like you said, they will need to do it to survive in a league in its early precarious days. Again, I mean, it's a very good question. Uh, it's not a simple answer because I don't think while people talk about a promotion relegation system like Europe has, this is Australia. And again, I go back to my basketball terminology. If the Sydney Kings were in a situation where there was a, a B league and they had a bad year and got eliminated from the competition in place of the Hills Hornets or the Central Coast Tigers or whoever the, you know, I mean, your league's gone. And the same is with the A league. If, if Perth Glory have a, a tough year and they get relegated and there's no team in Perth, well, you don't have a national competition. And so in this country, you got to think differently. It's it's like in, in NPL1 this year in New South Wales, they added four teams to our competition and took away the finals. Well, that's stupidity. I mean, this is Australia. You, you have finals in every competition that we play in. But for some reason, we wanted to follow 
what they do in Europe. Well, in Europe, they have lots of different championships and cups and for the top four to six teams in every any every league that gets to play on. We don't have that. So as a business, as a straight business, you know, Blacktown City plays in a competition where there's no finals. Blacktown City has 16 teams to play, and there's going to be one winner. And so 15 teams are going to be disappointed. And the bottom seven or eight teams are all going to be totally out of it. And what's their motivation to keep playing or paying players? You know, so all of a sudden you have a difficulty. So I don't think there will ever be, in in my lifetime anyway, a promotion relegation with A-League because A-League is totally private. And I don't think they would ever, ever agree to that, just like the NBL would never agree to something like that. So the B-League, to me, gives a lot of people a chance to play uh, at, at a different level. But I, I, my argument is, as much as I would like to be in this competition, if we play Marconi, is that going to be an easier sell than Adelaide or, you know, a team from South Australia or a team from Melbourne? Mm, you know, I don't know if that's going to add a whole lot of value or is it going to add $3 million worth of income value? Now, that to me is is the question that you have to ask. So, you know, I, I think this competition is, you know, everybody wants seems to want to have it. I think a lot of 32 clubs put their name in. I hope to God all 32 clubs think about the financial re- repercussions because that is the business. And, um, you know, the excitement, the enthusiasm only lasts so long until the bank account looks very bleak and <laughs> you're reaching out for someone to bail you out. Mm. And as you said, the, the TV money in this country is not going to be there. Does that, you mentioned egos quite a few times there. Um, does it worry that I guess there's a lot of people maybe out there at some of these clubs who applied with expression of interest that kind of feel, you know, we, we've got to get back to the NSL days. We've got to get back to the, the glory days of Australian football. We have to have, you know, the, all these proud old clubs need to be back where they belong and stuff. And as you've mentioned though, but is there enough of that financial planning in place? Is there enough of that long-term thinking? Um, and is there potentially maybe not being pressured, but do Football Australia feel obliged like they have to kind of get this thing on the ground as quick as possible to kind of appease those clubs who feel that, you know, we need to be back where we belong because, you know, where, you know, Marconi or where, you know, South Melbourne or whoever it might be. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, again, good question. And I, I think back to when this league was discussed, initially discussed. I haven't changed my opinion from day one. Okay, it's it's not a bad idea. How does it work? Who plays in it? Are you going to have TV dollars? Are you going to? Do we have to pay a license fee? Are you going to pay us to be in the competition? What happens if if the league folds? What happens if teams fold in the middle of it? You know, there's lots of these questions that that need to be answered. But I think you know, for Football Australia's reasoning. Um, you know, they, they want to pursue this league. That's, that's great. Um, uh, I think this, this country still has the A league, no matter what. I mean, it's, uh, and, and in order to build any sport, I mean, I can go back to my Canberra Cannons days in, in the early eighties 
where Johnny Warren was coaching uh, the Canberra team in the NSL. And, uh, you know, we became really good mates because we were both coaches. We used to talk a lot about tactics and sport and it didn't matter if it was football or basketball. And in fact, Don Ferner was also part of that and he was coaching rugby league. So the three of us would get together quite often and, and talk sport. Now, Johnny Warren was as passionate a sports person about his own sport as anybody I've ever met in my life. Um, and he would always say, what is wrong? You know, we, we should be the number one sport in this country. Now, in order to build any sport, you have to have very solid grassroots, tick for football, uh, a good domestic competition, tick, they had a good competition or they still have, and you need to have international teams that can play on the world stage. Well, this year when the Matildas are playing, I can guarantee you, in my head, as a marketer of sport, mm. it's going to explode because Sam Kerr is going to lead the Matildas to, whether they win it or not, they're going to be on the front page of every paper. And everybody's going to be talking about them. And they're talking football. And the Socceroos last year did the same thing when they were in Qatar because they had success and they were winning. And and we have very, very good players now, I mean, on the global stage. So we're not going to go backwards. We're going to go forwards. So the game itself has lots of elements that are very, very positive. I don't think it's that far off. I mean, I've said it 40 years ago that football should be one of the main sports in this country. And, you know, it's... You know, rugby league is very established in this country. AFL is very established. So it's hard to compete or knock them off. But at the same time, it's you have all football has all the elements that are going to help take it to the next level. And, you know, the B League is something football Australia, for their reasoning, wants to have it uh, in, in as part of the mix. 32 teams said, yeah, we'd like to be part of that mix. Uh, we still would like to be part of that mix. But if we're not, uh, you know, life goes on. So I guess, do you have, I guess, another thought process in terms of how a possible second division should work out? Because it does seem like, I mean, a lot of when, as this was kind of playing out, leading into the expression of interest stage, I think, and Amina Tones discussed as well, there was maybe a feeling that this could be a very, maybe potentially New South Wales Victorian league because a lot of the club's, in, in that part of Australia, NPL clubs anyway, maybe have more of the financial resources to essentially run close to a professional uh, club, right? Um, but considering, you know, what you've been saying about basically, you know, is, is, are we sure basically that we actually have 32 or, 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 or 25 or whatever it is teams out there, um, that could actually do that? Is, is there need to be some sort of rethink in terms of how, how a second division competition works? Is it maybe something which is done more, I don't know, by state and, and with a potential promotion relegation into, into the A-League in the future? I mean, you've mentioned there and, and, and probably right with the A-League being private and privatized now that that's going to be a lot harder. Um, but what, what would I guess your potential solutions be to something like that for, for those clubs who, who maybe are ready to kind of run professionally? Um, but are maybe operating in a in a environment, a sports environment that we have in football, which which is very difficult, I guess, to to make that happen. Lots of lots of questions in there, and yeah, and I think in in the reality, you know, football Australia says, okay, we think this is something we'd like to pursue. Maybe they're 
putting their toe in the water and saying we, we're not quite sure how it's all going to work, but it'll it'll work out in the end. And you know, maybe ten clubs, twelve clubs, whatever it is, um, end up seeing how this whole thing transpires. But you know, it's like every sport. I mean, I've watched uh, you know, during my days with the Kings in the late nineties. You know, basketball was flying, and you know, we had our costs under control, and we were still filling our stadiums. And most clubs were doing okay. Um, nowadays, you know, Tiddlywinks wants to be in a national league. Every sport wants to have a national league, and as soon as you do, everybody wants to get paid. <laughs> so you say, okay, coaches, administrators, players, netball is going through its its issues with Collingwood saying, well, maybe we can't afford to do this anymore. Everybody wants to get paid more, and you got to say, well, you know, I used to own the Sydney Flames as long as the Sydney Kings, along with the Sydney Kings. And the Sydney Flames were bloody hard to make a buck uh, because it's, you still had to pay all your players, pay all the costs, but it was hard to generate the income. So when we won a championship, I knew it was going to cost me more money to keep the team, but I'm already losing money. So <laughs> how do you how do you survive that? So I think the reality is this will all you know, it's a good idea. It's a lot of teams want to be a part of it. I think the reality is, is how how will it become uh, financially viable for everybody, uh, including Football Australia, to to make it work? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Um, yeah, because we had uh, on on one of our other podcasts, uh, uh, FPF and the Capital, um, we had Canberra Croatia's president, uh, Tony Vidovich on, and he was talking, he mentioned in the podcast, uh, this was in between basically the expression of interest to the, to the request for proposal phase. And he mentioned that, um, you know, that the FA hadn't appointed a third party yet to basically assess the expression of interest. Um, and, you know, it was, yeah, kind of hearing that was kind of, okay. You know that's probably probably better do that, right? <laughs> um, so, yeah, uh, the, the, it's just a little bit of uncertainty, I guess, guess around the place. And then we also had Peninsula Power uh, up in Queensland, kind of released a similar statement to, to what you guys did, kind of saying, "Well, you know, we didn't get really any feedback. We're kind of shocked that we didn't kind of progress and this sort of thing." So I guess probably their thinking is going to be similar uh, to what yours is, where you know probably want that follow up meeting. Um, mm-hmm. So. It's just a little bit, uh, strange, I guess, with some of the uncertainty that, that's surrounding the place. Um, where, you know, this, you meant, yeah, like you mentioned, it's something which needs a lot of kind of thought behind it, but it is something which is feels just a little bit rushed to me a little bit as well. Um, and I know March 2024 is what they're mentioning as a, as a start date. A lot of people are, are kind of doubting that. They're thinking, you know, that might need to be pushed back. Who knows? Uh, and this sort of thing. Um, but, yeah, let's just hope, like you're saying, that it, it isn't rushed to the point where we have, you know, clubs going in there uh, not ready and then, you know, going broke or anything like that, uh, like you're mentioning, because because that would be that would be horrible. We, we've had situations already like that in the A League uh, in in history, right? You know, think of New Zealand Knights, think of North Queensland Fury. So, um, yeah, mm-hmm. it's it's a it's a dangerous kind of spot. Antonis, anything else you just want to ask Bob uh, before we move on? Because uh, I wouldn't mind actually, Bob, asking a little bit about kind of your current situation with Blacktown and, and in the NPL and just kind of, you know, bring it back to the local sort of point of view as well. So, uh, Antonis? Sure. sure. Yeah, just one more thing with me on this second tier situation. You mentioned the national teams. 
stuff. In the A-League now, you see a lot of players get the term used is recycled. You know, once you're in the system, you stay in the system. Do you feel like that national exposure of another X amount of teams would help us as a country produce these players to add to how we represent ourselves internationally? Uh, I, I think I, I remember our coach, Mark Crittenden, uh, who's to me one of the reasons I joined the club is because I thought I don't know the game, but it's in great hands because he's developed a unbelievable culture and is well connected in, in the coaching uh, scheme. He, uh, he said Graham Arnold believes our guys need to play more games. Um, now, you know, there's no, there's no, uh, replacement for playing and playing good competition, not playing, you know, guys your own level. Uh, I can go back to 1987. Uh, I had my own sports marketing company and my partner and I brought the Soviet Union at the time to play the boomers in a, six game series in six cities in nine days. We had never come within 30 points of the Soviet Union in any game, in any competition. We played six games. The sixth game, we went into overtime and almost knocked them off. We brought them back the next year, played another six games, and our guys started to realize, hey, we can play. These guys are good, but we can play at that level. And the Boomers lost to the USA in 1988 at the Olympics to the Americans, uh, but again, we'd never been in the Final Four. So playing that series helped us immensely to say, no, we can play at this level, and it gave our guys confidence that they are not, it's not a, a, a level like this. So I think in this country, the A-League to me, I look at more and more players who are staying here, more and more of the Socceroos who are playing here, the hard part is how do you make a buck out of it? And not so much the players, but how does the administrators or the owners of the team pay the bills? Um, so everybody wants to keep their players and they go, well, I can go play in Europe for X amount of dollars or I can stay here and play, you know, in Sydney for Y dollars. Well, I'm going to go chase the bigger money. Okay, uh, go for it. But I think now Graham Arnold and the Socceroos have shown this is very, very important. Um, every sport at, at the international level goes through this, where it's a mixture of some go, some stay, but all come together because they want to represent their country. And Australia, in my 47 years, has been one of the most patriotic countries ever for any sport to want to play for your country. So I, I see that as being a, a huge plus and the Socceroos last year in Qatar started that process, and I think the Matildas will take it to another level. Is it more patriotic than America or about the same? It's right up there. I mean, you <laughs> know, America's hand on heart and, you know, sing the national anthem. Uh, Australia is not far off, and, you know, I, it's passionate um, in, in sport in particular. It, it's right up there with, you know, wanting to knock the Yanks off. Thankfully, I'm an Australian now. <laughs> I, feel, I feel Australia is it's most patriotic when you have an antagonist you want to bring down. I think <laughs> America's right. always up there, but Australians thrive the most when you have yeah. someone to... We're, we're very good at chasing the big guy. Exactly. Yeah. Um, 
Bob, you, you mentioned it quite a bit uh, throughout throughout the podcast with your with your basketball background and, and the Sydney Kings and, and the NBL. Um, of course, correct me if I'm wrong, but inducted in the in the NBL Hall of Fame. If I'm yeah, yeah. So uh, obviously, very very high up there in in, in that sport uh, here in Australia. How have you actually found? You mentioned how you kind of you know Crito kind of takes definitely takes care of like the football side. Um, how have you found that transition from from working in basketball administration and coaching to to actually kind of now uh, being in, in in football? Uh, well, you know, I've always said that football to me, well, it might not have been my main game. I know I promoted a lot of different sports in my time, lawn bowls with Jack High and Alan Moffat's racing team and, you know, so tennis, uh, baseball, et cetera. I never did football, uh, but I always knew, but way back from my Johnny Warren days that, you know, all you had to do is look around and the game is the biggest sport in the world uh, for a simple reason that, you know, a lot of people play it and a lot of people follow it. So to me, it's only a matter of time before it happens to, it's like basketball, you know, it's the second biggest sport in the world. It's only a matter of time before basketball caught up with what's happening around the, the world and Australians starting to take notice. And the fact that there's 12 guys in the NBA and 15 or so girls in the WNBA, we're good. And we're now good internationally. So that, that helps start it all off. But when I first met Mark Crittenden, uh, at the stadium, uh, at our stadium, I looked around and went, "Hey, this is, this is a fantastic place. You know, this is a, you could do something with this stadium." Um, you know, again, as I said earlier, who do we play? Who's Blacktown City? Give me a history lesson. And as he told me about it, I thought, "Man, it's got all the ingredients that you want." And then when I asked him who he played, and he reeled off the names that I mentioned before, I thought, "Hold on, those are household names." in this city. Everybody knows. Whether they follow football or not, they know those mm -hmm. names. Marconi's, Sydney United, etc. So I thought we have a chance here to build something, you know, pretty solid. And what I have said to Football New South Wales since I took over <laughs> two years ago, you have the best competition of any sport in New South Wales. Absolutely the best. You know, it's not it's not Hills Hornets playing Hornsby Spiders in basketball. It's not, uh, you know, every other sport is concentrating on their national league. You have, you know, teams that everybody knows at a standard that is exceptional with players that are either going into the A-League or going to Europe or have come back or, you know, whatever. And I had some owners of the Wanderers who were mates of mine come to a game, and I, I said, tell me, you educate me. Tell me what you guys think. And they said, this competition is, is exciting. It's fun. It's fast. People have a go. They don't hold back. It's full on. It's fun to watch. And I thought, well, that's what I'm thinking, you know, and I've watched sport. Um, and I can say that, you know, we played Central Coast Mariners last year in the Australian Cup in Mudgee. And I know they were scared shitless to play us because they know we're competitive. They know Blacktown City is going to give you a good game. Now, they won 1-0, but we had as many chances as they did. And prior to – just before I took on the role as chairman, uh, I went and watched us play the Wanderers in a practice game. And while they beat us, I'm watching the game going, hold on, they're not that much better than us. You know, our guys know how to how to play, how to kick, how to uh, position, et cetera, et cetera. 
And I thought, well, this competition has a chance to be significant. Now, every team in our comp doesn't need to get, doesn't need to fill Combank Stadium. They need to fill their two or three to 4,000 seat venues. And if they did, we'd all be financial, mm. easily financial. But because the competition we play in is seen as just a comp, it's just something you play uh, and not a business. Um, you know, that's what I've been trying to convince all my people, all my mates at football in New South Wales, uh, you know, that do something with it. We're playing in your league. We can't do anything. We can do what we have in our own environment in Blacktown. But if you promote the league to your 300,000 players, maybe someone will go and watch us play because the standard's pretty good. And we don't need to get, you know, 10,000 people. We need to get two, three. That's, that's easily doable. Mm. No, I think it's a, I think it's a really great point. Um, it's something that we've, we've you know, even written articles about this on the site, uh, just about like, you know, kind of playing in smaller stadiums. We've seen it with Perth Glory at Macedonia Park this year in the A-League and yeah. playing in that smaller environment, you know, and, and, and if from an atmosphere point of view, there's that thing that we've mentioned as well uh, numerous times and how fans are kind of on top of you in the game and it kind of creates that atmosphere. Yeah, I think it's, I think it's a great point. I am, I am envious every time you mention Johnny Warren because I would have just loved to meet him at some point. Uh, <laughs> but yeah. Fantastic uh, man. Yeah, yeah. Just any any time anyone speaks about him, you just think, "Wow, uh, that guy would have would have, yeah, just just killed for the game, absolutely killed for the game, right?" Uh, it's just incredible. And very frustrated, he he would say to me, "Bob, this oh, is yeah. a world football game," and I, you know, and I used to joke to him that said, uh, "Everybody's football code used to have their own slogans, you know, like rugby, uh, rugby league was the greatest game of all." Aussie rules is Australia's football game, you know, soccer is the world football game. And of course, rugby union, they play it in heaven. So it should be, you know, above all. Uh, but to me, all you ever did in promoting your own code that way is alienate 75% of your potential audience. Basketball and the Kings, for instance, we, we kept saying, Hey, we're happy to be everybody's second favorite team, second favorite sport. Just come out and have a, have a go. Even if you don't like basketball, it's fun. And let's see where we go. So with Johnny and I, it was, it was great to talk about the two biggest sports in the world and why they have struggles to, to get to that level of uh, acceptance here in this country. And I think it goes back to what you're saying about marketing it to the country specifically. Like, it's not like Europe that this is the be it and end all. Like, there's a lot of people like myself. I follow the AFL and I follow football as well and like you said if you go too far one way you annoy a lot of the other side is that i guess what you're doing at blacktown not being a sydney united or a big club like you said like that and just being open to oh we're representing a city that's that's our goal and uh and i've always said the Parramatta hills and rugby league you might not like rugby league you might not follow rugby league but you know the eels are part of Parramatta. Mm. And so Blacktown with 188 nationalities, the vast majority of those nationalities grew up with football. You know, that's that was their game in their country. So for me, we have a chance to get those people excited about what who we are and what we're doing because they like football anyway. 
Yeah, yeah. Um, very, very interesting point. Um, definitely, as we usually do on this podcast, getting into certain topics, uh, which, which I wasn't sort of prepared for. Um, but you know, it's, it's, <laughs> it's how we usually operate. Um, That's what it's all about. yeah, absolutely. How, um, in terms of, you mentioned right at the start, you were talking about, um, you know, uh, some of the club's kind of sponsors and some of the partnerships that you got going on at the moment. What's kind of second division or not? What's kind of the long term kind of, plan for the club you know next five years where do you see the club kind of moving what's what's kind of things you're trying to put in place to kind of get it there as well well I, prior to any b league you know um thought bubble uh really was we're going to build this into the biggest thing in the city uh that we represent um and thankfully our name is blacktown city uh and i joke with the mayor all the time that he whenever he speaks he talks about blacktown city and you know, the city of Blacktown, but he says Blacktown City. So I always remind him if I'm there saying, thank you for promoting us, mate. You know, and he says, what do you mean? I said, well, you mentioned Blacktown City 20 times in your speech. And uh, he kind of, oh, okay. Now, see, to me, that's just planting the seed that we are. That's who we are. It's not, it's not BSing the public. It's a, it's a great sport. It's a great uh, team. It's got 70 year history, nice venue. So our goal in the next five years, when I joined it is to, Make ourselves financially viable. Start to build our crowd base to two or three or four thousand. Uh, we did get five thousand when we played the Wanderers in the Australia Cup, uh, four or five years ago, uh, prior to my time, but that, that shows that it's doable. Um, we have a great venue. We have great partners now in, you know, Walker Corporation is, is a global company, not just an Australian icon company. And the people who now own our stadium are, really solid partners for us. So, um, you know, we have some really solid partners that have come on board in the last six months. So that gives us some financial stability. Then it's to build our our uh, broad base of acceptance and help build the game of, of football. So we run a, a grassroots training program that uh, the owner of our stadium is funding. It's it's a hundred kids every for eight weeks free, coached by our coaches on our field. We kit them out, we give them their gear, we give them a ball, um, etc. And then next term we'll do another eight weeks with another hundred kids, and you know that's that's our role within Blacktown to build uh, and use our stadium, which we took control of eighteen months ago. So we control our own stadium. Uh, so we get the revenues out of field hire, competitions, uh, cafe, et cetera, et cetera. And all those things add to we're not just a club relying on gate and sponsors. We're a club relying on building a business. And so that's that's been my goal. And we have all the ingredients that we need. Uh, entry in a B League has very, very big upside because you're now playing in another level. It has a downside that you got to afford it. Um, and if you can't afford it and you bow out two or three years down the track, what happens? You know, do you just die and go away? Or, you know, and having seen too many NBL teams do that, I don't want to see that happen to us. Yeah. Um, and just on 
this this season at the moment. You mentioned obviously it beat Manly United in the final last year, won the championship. Um, seventh at the moment. There's a couple of really good informed teams in the competition at the moment. You look at Rockdale, Marconi. Um, you know, I'm, I'm probably miss Arpia. That's the team I was thinking of. Yeah. Uh, as well, uh, a team's doing really well. I mean, how, how are you feeling about kind of this season potentially retaining the championship? It's going to be tough because there's only one winner. You know, there's no playoffs. Uh, that that in itself is ludicrous in my view, but uh, that's the way the league decided to, to go. Um, I think for us this year, we were set up very, very well. Uh, and then we lost Mitch Malia before the season started to an injury. He's one of our key players. We lost Jordan Smiley, who took a contract to go to Iceland. Uh, we lost Danny Choi you know, a, a great player uh, one week into the season. So we lost three strikers in the first week of the comp, and the rules say you can't replace them till the week week 20. Well, that's, that's bad business. That's a bad comp decision. Uh, then we've lost two or three other players, and normally we've been, as a team, uh, we've won nine club championships in the last 12 years. Because we, we we work on our under 20s as well as our seniors. Um, our under 18s, under 16s got raped by A League teams. You know, MacArthur took a lot of them, uh, you know, uh, Wanderers, et cetera. They see what we're developing and they go pinch them and put them on their clubs, um, especially now that most of them are in the, in the NPL1. Um, so we lost those kids. So our under 20s were depleted. Then we had so many injuries. Our under-20 kids are now not ready to play seniors, but they are. Uh, we don't have a base big enough uh, with talent because we got raped in the last two years. Um, now, that's a good thing in that you know part of our role is developing players, which we want. We had five kids in the Socceroos, you know, fantastic. Um, you know, we've provided 30-odd Socceroos, period, over the last 20, 30 years. So all those things are very good things, but from a – Coaching point of view, I mean, I'm a, I'm a competitive person, but I'm I'm a realist also that if you don't have the horses, you, you're not going to win it. And if it's only first past the post, you know, it, it makes it hard. So now my, my coach doesn't believe like that uh, because he wants to win. So do I. But also the reality of it all is you can only beat your head against a wall so often, you know. So this is this year is a reality of you might not win it. Uh, but we're gonna. I tell you what, we're gonna compete every every week. And we were, we played last weekend against uh, Rockdale. We totally dominated them. Uh, you know, and again, did say that, yeah, yeah. Not watching, not knowing the game that well, but watching it, I'm going. We attack, attack, attack. We had 25 shots on goal. We had one go in. We hit crossbars. We hit. You know, it's like, come on, God. You know, where's the goalie, God? He, he you know. And and uh, they scored in the 88th minute, and then they scored in overtime, and they won the game. Okay, were they the better team? Absolutely not. But they're they're, they're flying, and they won the game, and good on them. Um, but every game we play, I can guarantee you, Blacktown City will be in the hunt. You know, giving it their best. Do you tell Do you tell Crito to give some basketball advice where it's like just keep shooting, and some of them will go in? No, because I don't know the game. I told them when I got home, <laughs> look, mate. You won't get advice from me. Although I did say one thing uh, when I first started watching games. I said, every time we throw it in on the sideline, you know, when you get a throw in, we lose it. 
<laughs> Aren't you supposed to get the ball when you throw it in? Like in basketball, when you throw it, <laughs> get the ball. Uh, he said, oh, yeah. <laughs> anyway, we throw it now to their end. <laughs> Basketball's catastrophic. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> uh, um, yeah uh, you, just one thing I wanted to ask. So you mentioned Jordan Smiley there. And I remember at the time because we, uh, we shared this when he went to, when he got his move to Iceland. So did the club receive any sort of, um, was that one where he's just off contract and then he just snapped up? Yeah. Just snapped off the contract in Europe. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I, you know, I have a different philosophy about all that. If you, you know, Matty Ryan goes to a new club and we might get a check, we might not, but hey, you know, it's a bonus if you get it. You can't bank on it. Um, or if A League teams come and take our kids because they watch them and say, you know, we'll, we'll offer you the dream. Okay. I get that, but be honest with them, you know, um, don't just take them to take them, uh, because we develop good kids. We develop, you know, the culture we have in the club is as good as I've seen in any sport anywhere in the world. Um, so I'm very proud of what our coach has done because I know our kids play hard. Uh, and, and that's the culture of who we are. Now we're trying to do that with the women, who's only in our second year of competition. But we're trying to do the exact same thing with our women's program. Very, uh, very well said. Um, and it would be remiss of me not to, not to ask you, cause I'm a massive Boston Celtics fan. Uh, what's, who's your NBA team? What's, what's, what's the deal there? You know, I, I grew up in the Bay Area. Um, uh, so I should be a Warriors fan, <laughs> but I've been, I've been a Boston Celtics fan since I started playing the game. There you go. <laughs> uh, primarily because of the culture that they developed. I mean, I'm a believer in, you know, building loyalty and, and a solid, the word culture is kind of overused, but where people want to play for you and uh, will give you a little bit extra. Boston's always had that. Um, they've lost it a little bit in the last 10, 15, 20 years, but they're they're gaining it back. And today's game was frustrating to watch. Very frustrating. Jesus. I was it. beating and my head against them. Yeah. Pulling away and all of a sudden they fell apart. And, yeah. Uh, you know that, but they're relying on as a basketball person. They're relying on hitting threes and shooting yep. outside and going one on one. And sometimes you need just a team approach. <laughs> well, yeah. Look, I don't want to get start turning this into a Boston <laughs> Celtics podcast, but uh, yeah. That look when they push the ball and stuff and they move it around, they they look great. But then absolutely, yeah. Then they just have nights where you're just thinking what what on earth is what on earth is uh going on <laughs> going on there i still think they'll win the, they'll win the series yeah they really screw it up but yeah they're the better they're the better team by far um uh, absolutely yeah you know um it'll be interesting to watch how that how it all transpires yeah it will it will i think it i think it goes seven and, and after losing the finals last year i just really really want the championship so <laughs> we'll see we'll see how it plays out um but, what do you think Kristen? Yeah, yeah. Um, Bob, really, really appreciate your time. We've actually had you on for, for almost an hour. I'm pretty sure I said to you it would only be half an hour, but this is just kind of the standard procedure on these podcasts. Um, thanks, thanks for your candor with, with all the questions. I think you answered them, you know, magnificently for the most part. Um, definitely interested to see kind of how things progress from here. Um, Antonis, anything you want to add before, before we, uh, before we go? Just go and insert my basketball team in here. I hope Olympiacos wins the Euro League in the next couple of weeks because that's where my heart lies. But yeah, I hope everyone's happy here in a few weeks. Well, I, th I think everybody's going to be yelling in the future, go San Antonio. Yeah, I think so. Yeah. <laughs> they just put that oh, they're lucked out again. 
Definitely. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> definitely. But thank, thank you guys for uh, for what you're doing. and Appreciate your time. Thanks for your dedication to football. It's always good. Cheers. No worries. Cheers. Uh, appreciate appreciate the words. Uh, just finally, uh, to plug to plug our socials, Twitter and Instagram at FrontPGFootball, Facebook, LinkedIn, TikTok, uh, and also check our website out, FrontPageFootball.net as well. Thanks once again, Bob and Tonus. Thanks for joining me as always. And until next time, it's bye for now.